So I'd like today to talk about, uh, about honouring God. And I don't know if it's something that you've, you've thought about a great deal, whether it's something that crosses your mind on a regular basis or not, but I thought it would be really good to, to, to delve into that this morning and, and, and to think about how, how we honour God and are we honouring God. I think that it's probably fair to say that when we gather together on a Sunday morning, it can be easier to focus on God than perhaps on what he's saying to us in a service or more so than it is in the week. It can be quite often be a different story in the week. There are so many distractions, aren't there, usually pulling us from pillar to post in all sorts of different ways. And I should know that. My wife, Rachel, and I have Reuben, who's a one-year-old, and he demands a lot of our time, almost 24-7. So to think about what to say this morning um, wasn't that easy. In fact, um, it's quite difficult, because one of the things that I don't want to do is I don't want us, us all to go away today feeling that, actually, we're no good after today's talk, that we don't really quite clearly cut it in the honouring God stakes. And the more I read up about honour last week and and the more I thought about what to say, the more I I realised what a a big subject this is. Honour is such a powerful thing. It can be viewed both as a positive thing and as a negative thing. Maybe you've seen in the news from time to time about honour killings, which usually occur when there's a, a cultural feud or a family feud, and this happens in the UK as well as across the world, and sadly it's getting more and more prevalent. But but this morning I would really like us to think about honour in a positive way. Now, if you were here last week and you heard Charles speak on where is God in your story, he challenged us to think about our relationship with God and how God created us. And if you missed it, then don't worry, you can go back and watch that online through our website. And although Charles and I didn't plan it this way, our two subjects do fit quite nicely together as we think about honouring God this morning. But just while we are on the subject of honour, I'm hoping that Charles is going to be around this week, because I think he needs to start thinking differently about honouring So, if you missed his talk last week, this is Charles, mid-flow, using his his daughter's donkey as an illustration. And it was an excellent, there he is, look, bless him, it's an excellent illustration. But did you notice how he dishonoured that donkey? (laughs) Just out of the picture of what you can't see, stood, there was a stool here with a shoebox. He bought the donkey in a shoebox. How cruel, I thought, when this donkey eventually came out of this shoebox. When my two boys, who are now much older, Sam is 19 and Ben is 17, but when they were little, um, their teddies had to have two things. Light to see and air to breathe. And putting a donkey in a shoebox would not have gone down very well at all. So even sometimes when enough was enough 
And it was like, these teddies, some of these teddies, it's ridiculous. They've got so many. They don't need all these teddies. They need to go up the loft. We, we used to have a big negotiation session, which, you know, sometimes we're on the verge of calling the police at one point, I think. And once I asked them, well, okay, then if they need the air and the light, and, you know, that's okay, boys, I said, do we need to feed the teddies? And they looked at me and said, don't be silly, Daddy. Cuddly toys don't eat food. It's like sometimes you just can't win. So, Charles, I know you've seen it first thing this morning, and I hope you're watching and listening again, because you need to honour your cuddly toys. But just thinking about each other and God, how do we positively honour someone? And I'm not obviously just talking about teddies. To, to honour someone means to respect and esteem them. And how much we, you know, and how much we honour someone can, can vary a lot depending on their position and achievements. For example, all sorts of people get honoured by the Queen for achieving great things. In fact, I bet, between you and me, that Steve Burnhope, our senior pastor, is hoping to get honoured by the Queen for writing his book on atonement. After all, how many times lately has he mentioned that? It's a lot, trust me. I mean, can you imagine that, Steve being honoured by the Queen um, for his book sales? No. <laughs> Fantastic. Whoever that was. I will do the lines. Thank you so much. You know, you can't. No, no. And neither can Lynn. She says, his wife, she reckons that he's going to be waiting quite a while. However, I said, miracles do happen. You know, so here we go. So how do we demonstrate honour? Here are three things to get us into this stream of thinking. So we honour God through our attitudes, our affections, and our actions. So let's take our attitudes for starters. Our attitude we have towards someone we honour could include regard or respect or reverence. Our affections, the affections that we experience towards those we honour could include admiration, adoration or even awe. Or what about our actions? The actions we take towards those people could, that we honour could include praise or submission or obedience. For instance, children honour their loved ones through their submission and obedience most of the time. So we probably direct all or some of these things towards the person being honoured. Honour is really important. And looking at those verbs, those, those doing words that we've just mentioned under those three headings of attitude, affections and actions, it comes as no surprise to me as I prepared for this this week that Jesus felt compelled to talk about honour in the way that he did. Because all of those words that we've just looked at should demonstrate our outward love for him. The title of today's talk is, Are We Honouring God? And just before I wrote this talk, I really felt God press onto my heart that this is something as a church that we need to really think about and that we're in a season of you know, really honouring God and how important that is. So I naturally asked, why? God, why, why is this so important? Why do you want me to talk about this? And you know what? I got radio silence. 
Absolutely nothing. In fact, in my prayer time, you could have heard a pin drop. So, although I heard nothing, I'm still going to honour God by talking about honouring God this morning to make sure that I honour him, if you catch my drift. Even though I don't fully understand the reason why, do I need an explanation from God as to why I should be sharing this with you today? I don't think so, not necessarily. But what's more important is being obedient to him, even when we quite don't understand. That in itself brings honour to his name. In Philippians 2, verse 8, it says this, And being found in appearance as a man, he, Jesus, humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. The meaning of obedience is about submission to another's authority. And Jesus chose to honour God by being obedient to the will of the Father as he hung on the cross for our sins. And out of that obedience came honour. So I hope that we can see this word honour is really starting to feel important because Jesus said in John 12, 26... Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My father will honour the one who serves me. So I take from this verse that Jesus is saying, if you honour me, God's going to honour you. And what struck me even more so about this is that he's going to do that. He's going to honour us even though we are who we are with all our weaknesses and imperfections. God wants to forgive us and he wants to honour us. In Luke 23, we read that Jesus, as Jesus hung on the cross, there were two thieves at each side of him, one each side, and they rebuked him. The The one on one side rebuked him and on the opposite side hung the other one and he clearly feared God because he asked Jesus to remember him when he came into his kingdom. And there in that moment on the cross, Jesus honoured God's promise to him by exclaiming, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Wow, just stop and think about that for a moment. What a promise Jesus made. God really does want to honour us. After all, even though, as I've said, we are who we are with all our faults and our failings, which make us far from perfect, God calls us by name to honour us. So I thought, how can I emphasise this? Because we've already looked at the meaning of honour this morning, and we've also learned earlier on that we also need to honour our cuddly toys better for anybody that you know, has them. And we now know that God wants us to honour him and that he wants to honour us. So I thought to myself, how else can I really drive this point home just to finish off this section of today's talk? So I thought I'd tell you one more joke. So here goes. Obama, Oprah Winfrey, a little girl and senior pastor Steve Burnhope are all on a plane. And the engines fail. 
Now, the pilots, they're okay because they've already parachuted out, you see. <laughs> so these four are the only ones that are left on the plane. But there's an issue. There's only three parachutes. So Oprah quickly steps forward, and she says to the little girl, I'm going to take one of these parachutes. She said, but just to let you know, she said, I am going to honour you. You've been so brave. I'm going to build schools in your name, and I'm going to honour lots of little girls all around the world. And she jumps out. Next up is Steve Bernhope, and as you can imagine, he pushes his way forward. You know what he's like. And Steve says, I'm taking a parachute. He says, I'm amazing. I'm the senior pastor at Elsbury Vineyard, and I demand to be honoured. And out he jumps. Obama's turn next, and he, he looks at this little girl, and he kneels down, and he says, listen, he says, children are our future. It would be my honour if you took the last parachute. And the little girl replies, no, 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 it's okay. There are still two parachutes left, said the little girl. Steve Bernhope took my school bag. <laughs> the funny thing is, I can imagine it. Anyway, so <laughs> let's round off the part of today's talk with this. So for us to honour God, we must give him regard and respect and reverence and admiration and adoration and awe and praise and submission and obedience. And to worship God, that, we need, that means that we need to do that with right affections and attitude and actions as we talked about. And some of these words and actions are mainly expressed outwardly, aren't they? And we do these as we meet together, you know, especially as we've just worshipped together. The worship was fantastic today. And we, and, we know, and, we, and we do that outwardly as a church community. But what about our inward selves? And I wanted to take this one step forward, uh, one more step forward this morning. Honouring God is just not limited to, to what people see on the outside. It's also what happens on the inside of us too. The essence of what it means to honour God is revealed in what Jesus called the first and the greatest commandment. Matthew 22, 37 to 38 says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. Look at that. Jesus is asking us to honour God with our hearts and our lips. And as I said earlier on, when God put this on my heart, I started to wonder what this could mean for me as, you know, as an individual and, and for us collectively as, as a church, as the body of Christ. And I do wonder what springs to mind as you heard the title of today's talk. And I'm, I'm sure you possibly had a thousand and one things going around in your head when we mentioned about, are we honouring God? So I thought that we might make it a little bit easier today and that we direct our thoughts into three areas, three specific areas that we're going to go on to look at. I thought that we could look at how we honour God with our time, how we honour God with our gifts and our talents, and how we honour God with our hearts. And I thought, as we challenge ourselves about these things, we could look at how God chose ordinary people in the Bible to honour him using these headings as well. 
So what about our time? How do we honour God with our time? This precious commodity that nobody ever seems to have enough of. And I'm sure you've heard the phrase, stop the world, I want to get off. We live in a culture of now, don't we? And if it can't be done now, then it either needs to be done now or yesterday. But what happens when God asks us to wait? How how hard can that be sometimes? And how often do we fall into the same trap of feeling that God's timing must be wrong? That it's okay because we've planned everything down to the last detail. Then sometimes we go grumbling to God that our planning that was in our time frame, for some reason, hasn't happened. And then we go back to the drawing board, don't we? Scratching our heads, wondering what we've missed and, and where we've gone wrong. And that's probably why I've got no hair. Because of how many times I've had to do that. It's a lot of scratching. I thought I'd, I'd heard God. Did I misunderstand God? Did I, did I not hear him right? And eventually... If you're anything like me, you go through that whole process, and then some, and again, and again, before we then turn to God, ready to listen, and that's when he often speaks. Not because he didn't want to speak to us in the first place, but maybe, just maybe because we weren't ready to listen, or to listen properly. So who took time to listen to God in the Bible? And you'd think it would be fairly easy, wouldn't you? It's a quite a big book, you know, there's, there's, there's lots going on in there. And you'd be able to flick through all these pages of the Bible to find a perfect example. But actually, it, it's not that easy. And let me explain why. Because maybe, like us, God's people in the Bible also had an obscure view of his perfect timing. And I wonder this morning, do we? I've definitely been challenged this week as I've thought this through. How do we see time? Do we see it mainly in a negative sense or do we see it in a positive sense? Are you at a point right now in your life where you're glad that you've got lots of time on your hands? Or are you frustrated because you haven't got enough time? Let's take the Israelites. Wow, what a job Moses had trying to teach them about God's timing. They wandered and grumbled around, didn't they, for 40 years in the wilderness, moaning to Moses, their leader, about all sorts of different things that clearly God wasn't doing. And sometimes they did listen to God and were willing to wait and trust in his timing, yet there were times when they just went off on their own because they couldn't be bothered. In Exodus, which is the second book of the Bible, we see that in chapter 31, Moses had gone up to Mount Sinai, to spend some time with God. And it's there that he receives two tablets of stone, setting out the covenant law which God wanted the Israelites to honour. But we read that the Israelites got really impatient. They failed to honour God with their time, as they thought, actually, Moses was never going to come down the mountain. They got impatient and decided to build a false god to worship as they refused to listen to God and honour him by waiting. Chapter 32 in Exodus says this, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods who will go before us. 
As for this fellow, Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off your gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed to him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterwards, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in all kinds of revelry. And as I said in the first series, that sounds like our staff Christmas party. Doesn't really. If they'd honoured God by waiting, by trusting in his perfect timing, they would have realised that God's timing has true purpose and true meaning. And we need to be constantly reminded, don't we, of those two things as we learn to trust in God with our time and our circumstances. After all, he wants what's best for us. Yet, we've also got to want what God's best for us is too. So let's move on. What about our gifting? How are we honouring God with our giftings? You may know that one of Vineyard's values is that everyone gets to play. And what we mean by that is we love people to honour God by getting involved and stepping up and getting involved in what we do. This morning or throughout the course of this week, this list of roles doesn't just happen by accident. Car parking, kids and youth, coffee, food, sound, vision, worship, preaching, leading, venue team, prayer team, storehouse, community fridge, connect groups, church office, and all the other volunteers that do so much in the different roles within church, and, 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 and no doubt all the other teams in between. And, I, and you can come and shout at me afterwards if I've, if I've missed you out, I'm sorry. You know, these, these roles just don't happen by accident, because God calls us to two things. He calls us to be a doing church for him and he calls us to be a doing people for him. God gives us different gifts, doesn't he, to use for his glory. And I urge you this morning to think, am I honouring God with my gifts that he's given me so that we can all get to play? And if you're not sure where your talents lie, go and ask somebody that you trust and that you love to, to help you decide because it's so important that we, we honour God using our gifts for him and our wider community to see God's kingdom grow in Aylesbury. After all, we all have special gifts from God. My one-time all-favourite phrases that is adapted from 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5 is this. God doesn't call the qualified he calls the unqualified to show his glory. Let me say that again. God doesn't call the qualified. He calls the unqualified to show his glory. Take Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, for example. Peter considered himself to be one of Jesus' closest friends, yet he denied knowing him three times. Yet Jesus said, Peter, you are the rock on which I will build my church. 
passage from Luke, chapter 22. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, Certainly this man was also with him, for he too was a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned to look at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will have denied me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Yet Jesus, as I said just a few moments ago, had decided that Peter was, on the, was the rock on which he was going to build his church. And he did, because Jesus saw nothing special in Peter. He saw an ordinary man who, despite his failings, still wanted to honour God by sharing the good news of Jesus to build God's kingdom. And God wants to use our God-given gifts to honour him in that way too. So finally, what about our heart? How do we honour God with our heart? Your, our human heart pumps at around 70 times a minute and will beat an average of 2.5 to 3 billion times in a lifetime. God gave us this muscle to, to keep us alive. One of the other reasons that he gave it, he also gave it to us to have the capacity to feel love. To feel love for one another and love for him. So when I started to think about how do we honour God with, with our hearts, God reminded me of a recent trip that I took to the doctors just before Christmas. And to cut a long, boring story short, and just one regular blood test later, I discovered I have high cholesterol. Yep, no more unhealthy eating for me. Can you tell? No? Okay. And don't answer. According to my wife Rachel, because of our now permanent healthy eating regime, it's no longer an after Christmas fad, um, it's already helped me to lose weight. And much to her disgust, because of my rapid weight loss, she says that eventually, if I stand side on, she's not going to know where I've gone. That's the plan anyway. You know, and it brought a whole new meaning to the Bible passage in Psalm 51, verse 1, that says this. Create a clean heart in me, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And so this newfound information about my cholesterol level was, and is, a warning sign. It tells me that if I'm not careful and I continue to neglect myself, this could be damaging to my heart. And so this got me thinking, how clean and healthy is my heart before God? Or you could phrase it like this, am I honouring God with all of my heart? Did the food I used to eat reflect the price I put on having a healthy heart? And the answer for me is clearly no. 
But what about my spiritual diet? Is it time we challenged ourselves today? Are we getting a balanced spiritual diet of prayer, of fasting? I am now. <laughs> Listening to God. Time to study the Bible and time spent in worship with him. In Acts chapter 9, we see this guy called Saul traveling on the road to Damascus. He made it his mission in life to bring justice to any of the followers of Jesus because he hated Jesus and all he stood for. Let's read some of Acts chapter 9 together. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found anybody belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And with Saul, as you read on, and I encourage you to read a little bit more into that later on in your own time, here we see a heart that was eventually changed for God. Here we see a really bad, unspiritual heart converted to a heart that eventually had the right ingredients. His Damascus experience with Jesus gave him a new balanced spiritual diet. Saul became Paul, whose heart had then been changed forever. A heart that honoured God by sharing the good news of the gospel. Jeff, I wondered if you and, your, you and the band would be able to come back up, please. Thank you. So to finish, in the Bible it says that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And I believe that's clearly what God wants of us, whether we're gathered here together as the body of Christ or whether we honour him out there in a world which may not know him. So to finish this morning, let's remember to honour God with our time and with our God-given gifts and our hearts. And as earlier on, as, as, as we discovered, we need to do so with right attitudes and affections and actions towards him and each other. So we're, so we're ready to honour God and bring, and bring praise to his name.